Now, Connect FM Sports puts every play under review with Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. The Steelers pulled out a victory over the Browns on Monday, but why does it feel more like a loss? We'll provide our thoughts on the game and the team moving forward. What teams or players have surprised us most through two weeks of NFL action? We'll discuss and make our weekly predictions for week three. After a busy offseason, the Penguins reported for training camp today. How will the new faces fit in and what spots are up for grabs? Matt Vensel of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette will be our guest. I'm Dave Glass. I'm Dave Herzing. And I'm Bob Anderson. Stay tuned as we discuss these topics and more as we go Under Review, sponsored by Smith Lawn and Landscaping. On Connect FM, your only local news radio. Welcome back, guys. It's good to be back in the studio with you, and we have a jam-packed hour of sports talk for you. Dave and Dee, it's good to see you again. Good to see you, too. Glad glad to be here, man. Let's start off by talking a little bit of Steelers here. Uh, We're two weeks into the season, and guys, I'm concerned. Uh, They won the game Monday, but it felt like a loss uh, in some ways. And it's really bad when your best offensive players are a pair of linebackers. Maybe that's why they pay them so much in Pittsburgh nowadays. Uh, the the defense actually has as many offense or as many touchdowns as the offense so far in this young season. So is what we're seeing out of this offense is that more a result of playing two tough defenses, or is this just what we're going to see this season? Uh, for me, I would say ask me after this get next game. I mean, the Raiders are not good. They're just not good at all. And I think if they don't put up some serious yardage and points this week, then it's probably at least, I, I hate to say panic time, but concern time. Um, but hey, they got to win. You know, in the NFL, you know, the win is all that matters. And um, yeah, I, I'm concerned about the offense. I'm concerned more about the offensive line because I look, I know Matt Canada, I know Pickett. I watched that line very carefully, and they got blown up most of the night. I mean, Pickett was running for his life. There were a couple times the running backs got the ball, and they were hit as soon as they got the the handoff. I mean, you can't if you don't have good line play, you don't have anything. And that's my biggest concern. I don't understand why Broderick Jones isn't in there. I understood it before. It was like, oh, he needs to you know watch. And Dan Moore's been around long. Moore has been a turnstile. If you're gonna if you're gonna have problems at left tackle, let's have him with the rookie, and maybe he'll learn. I, I've I've seen enough. Yeah, it's, it was. We went down to the game on Monday. I took my son, and the crowd was really restless. It was a very strange vibe there because I think people really understood the importance of winning that game. Because if you lose that game, I mean, it's a real uphill battle. And Cleveland is not a good football team. They're really not. I mean, Watson is not the guy. He looked as bad as Pickett did. I mean, maybe worse. And he's worse. making, I mean, $250 million. They gave up everything to get that guy. And he's been a major letdown. And I honestly think if Chubb hadn't gotten hurt, Cleveland would have won that game. Yeah, I have that written down yeah, he too. Was, he was running all over them. Yep. The stat that a buddy of mine sent me after the game, which I couldn't believe, it said the Steelers are the first team this century to pull off a fourth quarter comeback in which they had negative yards in the fourth quarter. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I think about how crazy that sounds. Well, and and, and Joe Pesnanski is a, a, a kind of a famous writer for, you know, sports writer, huge Browns fan. And his point was very valid. He's like, all they needed to do was run it into the line over and over again in the fourth quarter, Cleveland. And he's like, they'd have won. There was no chance they were going to lose. And instead, 
they screwed it up and you know gave them gave up the you know the the strip sack fumble return and you know as 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 angsty as we are about the Steelers and I and I think that's valid. You bring up a great point. I would much rather be where the Steelers are than the Browns are. The Browns no are God. a mess. I mean, at least they had Nick Chubb, which I you know we were texting during the game and I had just said he might be the un- most underrated back <laughs> in the history of the league. Bam, the next play is out we for know. the season. Um, so I feel, you know, if I had Jinx powers, I would feel really bad about that because I love Nick Chubb. But, okay, they have Chubb. But other than that, Watson was horrible. I mean, he was absolutely terrible. They've, they've mortgaged their future to get him. He's got a fully guaranteed contract, as you astutely pointed out. He's probably – I mean, he might be a little better than this, but he's not the guy. So – what do you do if you're Cleveland? They're going to suck, and there's nothing you can do about it. I don't think for the next few years. At least Pittsburgh has some some you know things they can look at. I saw, you know, I, I still think Jones will get on the field and he'll be better. I I saw a couple good things from Joey Porter. You know, he made a nice pass breakup. He needs to play more too, by the way. But at least at least I see a, a future. I still think Pickett can be better. You know, in the defense, man, that front seven just after Chubb went out, especially they just ate up Cleveland. So. That, that's my take. Well, I wanted to know, Dee, did you partake in the fire uh, Canada chant? <laughs> no, we didn't. Did actually. you hear it, though? I did hear okay. it. Okay, yes. all right. We didn't. I was, for uh, for uh, full transparency, I was in the uh, the one section uh, in the north end zone, and I was getting a cupcake <laughs> And, and I heard something, I'm like, oh my gosh. And I heard it and I was and I was with my son and I was just like, ah. but our section was pretty riled up. We were sitting beside season ticket holders who'd been there for over 20 years. Um, and this guy I think had too many adult beverages, which was another story. Uh, but uh, it, it was an absolute blast listening to this guy. He, There is such resentment for Canada. Pickett is one of these guys, he's, I think the shine's wearing off of him because he's he's a pit kid, in case you've never heard that before from every other <laughs> announcer, that, right? But I think people are starting to realize that he may not be what people thought he was going to be. He, the one throw that stood out to me, Pickens went out on a seven-yard route, and, and, and Pickens after, I and mean, he looked at, at Pickett and just stared him down. <clears throat> a junior high kid could make that throw. And it was not close to Pickens. And Pickens had separation, would have turned it to 15 or 20 easily with the speed. It was, the ball wasn't there and it wasn't a hard throw. Things like that really stick out, especially when you're watching someone who's supposed to be the number one draft pick. Yeah, I had, a, I had really high hopes for Pickett this year. And yeah, I still think that he'll be better, honestly. I think he's going through a rough patch, um, you know, and, and I do think they play two tough defenses. So I'll give him that. But you know, one of the common denominators since 2020 is Matt Canada in, in this offense really struggling. And I'm not absolving Pickett, but something has to give with this guy. And the fact that they brought him back for another season to me is almost malpractice. And if you want to criticize Mike Tomlin, criticize him for that. Well, I agree. I mean, I said this week uh, online that, you know, I've been a Tomlin guy from the beginning. I, I've probably been his biggest fan, and I'm I'm not a change coach guy. You look around the league, the successful teams generally don't do the coaching carousel. But this team has been mediocre at best the last several years, and it, the buck stops with the head coach. If they if they don't find a way to get to ten wins this year, and he's the one who brought Canada back, I think it's fair to criticize. Is it time for for a coaching change? And I hate to even say that. I like Mike Tomlin, but it's it hasn't been working and. You're not going to win 10 games with your – you're not going to score two defensive touchdowns every game. You're probably not going to score one most games. They're going to have to find another way. And what happens if Watt gets hurt? 
because well, he's always already hungry. happened. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, so you know, Colin Coward, to, just to obviously paraphrase what he was saying, but he compares the Steelers to a good, not great restaurant that never changes its menu, and they pride <laughs> themselves on loyalty. They have the same customer base. They don't do anything differently, but what they do is good, and you're never going to get a bad meal. But it's never going to be something where you're going to leave there thinking, "Oh my God, that's the best meal I've ever had." You know, that's kind of the Steelers. For, for quite some time. I mean, they haven't had a playoff win in a long time. They're just, it's really frustrating to watch because that offense is just brutal. It's its its like an archaic offense. They ran an RPO on third and one. There were three minutes left in the game. Three minutes. And instead of third and one, you get that first down. The Browns had one timeout. You get the first down, the game's over. It's bad when you have to go to trick plays to get one <laughs> well, yard. It, it shows the lack doing? of confidence in the line. Yes. But, and I do have to say this before we move on. Everybody was all excited here in August, and I was the one saying preseason doesn't matter. And I'm going to say it until the day I die. Don't pay any attention to that. It's not predictive. It doesn't mean anything except for the injury stuff. That stuff matters. We see that with Joe Burrow. Other than that, completely useless. Steelers are lucky too, by the way. Burrow. Hey, man. They find themselves in a decent spot. Yeah, I mean, they, they do. And Lamar Jackson's an injury risk too. Oh, yeah. So that at the start of the season, everybody was saying how dominant the NFC, or yeah. the AFC, excuse me, the AFC North was going to be, and also how dominant the AFC overall is. The NFC right now looks like the better conference. It goes to show you how little we actually know about <laughs> yeah. the NFL. The NFL changes right. so much year to year. There's so much turnover. Game to game sometimes. Short. And and yeah, it's really hard to predict. Um, so I don't know if we have enough time really to get into this, but we could continue it maybe in a later segment. But one of the questions that we pose to our listeners on Facebook is what has surprised you the most so far through, uh, two weeks of the NFL season, it could be good, bad. It could be a player. It could be a team. And we did get some feedback. Uh, Garrett Rowan, he's shocked by Washington's two and O start. Darren Herzing, do you know him, D? I might, I might. Uh, all right. He was surprised by how good the Cowboys look on both sides of the ball. And Ryan Morrison says if Tua can stay healthy, the Dolphins look to be legit contenders. Maybe they have the best wide receiver duo in the league. So, guys, uh, we'll just start this, but we can kind of complete it later. What's surprising you the most? Maybe just one thought from each of you. Well, my, mine is, and I, I put it on that same post you're talking about, Kansas City's offense. You know, I, I know the enemy left, but, you know, Andy Reid has been the QB whisperer for years. Whatever other criticisms you wanted to say, he always made good offenses. That offense has been pretty bad. And it's two games. I don't want to overreact to anything, but I, I always think if KC's going to lose, they're going to get outscored. They've, they've kind of been outplayed on the offensive side so far. Um, it's not surprising because he's such a good player. It's just the level he's at. Micah Parsons right now looks like an alien. And it's, I'm not saying that as a Penn State homer. I'm saying it as a, somebody who knows football. And if you're watching Micah Parsons right now, what he's doing is extraordinary. He's playing Aaron Donald in his prime football, and there's no slowing him down. He is a one-man wrecking crew. So watching him at this level, I knew, and also I knew the Cowboys' defense was good. With him playing this way, the Cowboys are a Super Bowl contender. They really are. How about Puka Nakua? You guys ever hear him? <laughs> I have re recently yeah. because of these, yeah. the way he's been playing. I never heard of him coming into this season. He's setting records, so he's 22 years old. He's his fifth-round pick. He had 15 receptions for 147 yards in the Rams' loss on Sunday. That set a, a single-game rookie record, um, and that came on the heels of a 10-catch game in in the home op or in the opener 
So this guy might be for real. I spent a lot of money on my fab budget in fantasy football, by the way. So I'm really just kind of hoping that story continues. And and by the way, he was on my bench last week. I didn't oh, trust him. Man. Yeah. Oh man, that's how it always goes. Yeah. Exactly. That's why I don't play anymore. Yeah, that's it. Well, we got lots more to talk about in this regard, but uh, we're going to switch gears. We're going to talk a little bit of Penguins. They reported for training camp today. When we return, we'll be joined by Matt Vensel to discuss. Stay with us as we continue under review, sponsored by Smith Lawn and Landscaping. Get ready for a spooky evening at People's Natural Gas Field with the Brews and Booze Party from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. on Saturday, October 7th. We will be opening... Yeah, right. The stadium for you to come in and get food and beverages all among the creepy, crawly, and webby decorations through the main concourse thanks to Imaginarium Sanitarium. Plus, we will have live musical entertainment with Zach Gray starting at 4 and Shallow 9 starting at 6.15. Everyone is invited to attend in their best Halloween outfits, including the little ones in their favorite costumes. You don't have to wait until the stroke of midnight because tickets are available right now by calling 877-99-CURVE in person at the People's Natural Gas Field box office or online at altunacurve.com. Plus, you'll get this Frankenstein of a deal. Take your bruise and booze ticket over to the haunting at skyline hollow at lakemont park for ten dollars off admission trick or treat yourself with bruise and booze and the altoona curve on saturday october 7th from 4 p.m to 8 p.m with food drinks zach grace and shallow nine it will be the most spooktacular event of the season so don't miss out it's going to be a fabulous fantastic party here we go again the same old story you order the part online it's wrong when it arrives the car's torn apart and then the fun begins trying to send it back. In the meantime, your wife is missing her hair appointment, the kids need to, well, you know the rest of the story, and you think you saved money. At Napa, we'll get it right the first time. Napa know-how is on your side with expert customer service and parts that meet or exceed manufacturer's standards. Napa, better here to serve you, our customers. Napa Auto Parts, Dubois, Brockway, Brookville, and Clymer. It's Brian Kilmeade. Thursday edition of the Brian Kilmeade Show will be great. Bobby Barack on the media landscape. And is one Republican more concerned about joining CNN than actually legislating? Joe DeVito on everything that's funny about Capitol Hill, especially the new dress code. Mark Thiessen on getting set for the second debate without Donald Trump and Bobby Barack. Don't miss a minute. Brian Kilmeade Show. Brian Kilmeade, weekday mornings at 9, 99.7 and 96.7. Connect FM. Here's your Connect FM Tri-County forecast. Mainly clear skies tonight with lows around 47. Northeasterly winds around 5 miles per hour. Partly cloudy tomorrow, highs around 76. Partly cloudy skies tomorrow night, 48. Low 70s Friday, turning much cooler Saturday with highs in the mid-60s and showers. That's your Tri-County forecast throughout the hour, throughout your busy day on Connect FM. Currently, it's 69. What's your call? This is Under Review on Connect FM. You can call Bob, Dave, and Dave at 814-372-1420. Join the chat on their Facebook page by searching Under Review Sports. Well, guys, we spent a lot of time talking about football lately, which means Dave and I especially are going through hockey withdrawal. And we got to get our fill here. So we're going to bring on one of our favorite guests. Matt Vensel covers the Penguins for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Matt, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm great, guys. Yeah, a lot has changed since the last time we chatted. I'll say for sure. It has been a busy off season, and uh, we didn't get your take on all those roster changes during that time. So what kind of overall grade do you give Kyle Dubas for his work this summer? 
Yeah, I mean, I think I was excited about, uh, for the Penguins' sake, I was excited about Kyle Dubas. I thought it was a slam dunk hire for them, um, in part because of his creativity. I thought the Pens had some serious roster challenges due to their salary cap situation and some no-trade clauses, and it would take some creativity to, to turn this team around. And, you know, I'm not ready to say the Pens are back to being in the upper echelon of contenders, but... They should be better, and they should be a lot more fun to watch, uh, particularly with Eric Carlson. Um, you know, I think the Ryan Graves signing made a ton of sense. Um, you know, and, and we'll see about the bottom six. I mean, they brought in a bunch of guys, and they're going to let them battle it out in camp. But, you know, considering how little cap space they have left over after getting Carlson, um, you know, I think that was a sensible approach just to sign a bunch of guys and hopefully uh, a few rise to the occasion. Yeah, I I think you hit the nail on the head there, and they do have a lot of players that are coming to camp, and I don't think that there are, you know, for once in a long time, there there are actually positions up for grabs. I feel like in players that might be able to fill them. So, is there a uh, spot or a player or something that you're most interested in watching here as the Penguins start their camp? Well, the obvious one will be Carlson, but yeah, in terms of the depth chart, um, yeah, there's some real battles, and we haven't really had that, um, you know, at least you know maybe one or two every year, but, you know, you look at the bottom six, I think we know who the third line center is going to be to start camp. That's going to be Lars Eller. We'll see if he hangs on to that job, but fourth line center, I think we're all assuming it's going to be Jeff Carter, but he has to show that he can still play. And if he can't, um, the Pens are going to be faced with a real dilemma there, but you look at the wingers, um, especially with Jake Gensel out there, there's going to be a, you know, a lot of the forwards they brought in were wingers. So, you know, you, you literally have a dozen guys fighting for, you know, five, six roster spots. And kind of a low-key battle, too, is on the blue line. I mean, they, they got rid of Jan Ruda. They got in, got rid of Jeff Petrie. You know, I think the assumption is that Chad Ruida will be back on the third pair on that right side. But, you know, some guys will be in the mix. We'll see if Ty Smith can finally earn an NHL drop at the Penguins. And there also is uh, Mark Pesic, um, who's going to be at camp on a PTO, um, he didn't play all last year due to injury, but I think he's one guy who might be able to earn an NHL contract and maybe even a spot in the starting lineup. Not the starting lineup, but the opening night lineup. Well, you brought up the Gensel situation, and, and I guess my first question for you is, do, is there any update on his on how he's recovering? Uh, is, is there any update on when he's expected to be back? Have you heard anything at all? Uh, just the status quo. Uh, we'll see if we get a better update tomorrow when from uh, Kyle Dubas or Mike Sullivan, but um, you know, I, I don't know if he's going to be on the ice to start a camp. I, I definitely don't think he's going to be in team practices, but I, I don't, we don't know if he's skating yet. But, you know, by all accounts, um, you know, the Penguins are still looking at him getting back um, in the lineup about a month from now, a month and a half from now. We'll see. I know Kyle Dubas said the last time we heard from him that, you know, they're hopeful it's only going to be five games. And if so, um, that's pretty good. I mean, I think it'll take him some time to get up to full speed. Um, not even just the, the ankle and the skating, but just getting his hands back, uh, his timing back. He's going to have to do that in actual games. But, you know, if we're only looking at five to, to ten games, which he's going to be out of the lineup, I, I think that's not too bad. I think the Penguins can manage that. Maybe we'll see Ricard Raquel move up into a spot on the left wing for a little while. Um, but, yeah, by all accounts, it, it's the Penguins are hopeful he's going to be back by November 1st. And, you know, we'll see if that's realistic or not here, here soon. 
All right, I gotta I gotta switch topics a little bit on you and take it off the ice. I gotta ask you for your take on all the announcing musical chairs that have gone on, and the person left without a seat in all this is Bob Airy. After you know they announced today what they're gonna do with the color guys. To me, my biggest issue with it is the timing. They did this so late that it it, it really made it tough, especially for somebody like Airy to get a job now. So, what's your take on what they've done with the announcing? Yeah, I am not surprised that all this happened. I mean, I, I didn't know what the specifics would be, but, you know, since buying the team almost two years ago now, Fenway Sports Groups has changed pretty much everything. And, you know, it was an opportunity with all the regional sports networks kind of losing money, and AT&T Sportsnet was in jeopardy um, in the spring. You know, so for them to, to come in and take over the network and change up the, the broadcast teams wasn't totally surprising. I mean, it's tough for me because I'm friends with everybody involved for the most part. I, I play hockey with Josh Getzoff and Steve Mears. We, we all play hockey together, so it was this game of musical chairs. So, um, you know, selfishly, I'm happy that, you know, everybody other than Bob was able to, to at least find some sort of job and will stay in the market. You know, we'll see what happens with Bob Airy. Um, I know his contract was up. That kind of factored into it as well. Um, but, you know, he was a very good Penguins player, a key part of cup teams. Um, you know, a, a representative organization for 20 years. So, you know, it sounds like Bobby is hopeful that he's going to be able to do something in the game. So for, for his sake, um, hopefully he's able to do it. Um, gonna... You know, we'll see what the fans think. It seems like a mixed reaction for everything. Um, you know, some people are excited about the changes, some aren't. But, um, you know, everybody involved is really talented, and I think Penguins fans are pretty fortunate. I'm going to cut in real quick here in front of D here, and we're talking to Matt Vensel from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I just want to know which of the three of you is the best hockey player? Gets uh, off, mirrors, and yourself. Oh well, I know you have Josh on sometimes. He'll definitely say that I'm the worst. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think we're all we're all sufficiently middle-aged, and uh, I don't think we're getting PTOs anytime soon. I mean, Steve Mears has a ton of energy. I mean, he uh, just goes, goes, goes. He's kind of like Brandon Tanev. Um, you know, Josh Getzoff is more of a fancy player, and then, you know, they all make fun of me because all I do is block shots because I can't do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's awesome. You have, to, you have to get Bob down there playing with you guys sometime. He'd be a real asset. He'd make us all look bad. I'm better at roller hockey, I'm but years on us. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, I, you know, back to the ice, um, what's that power play going to look like? Yeah, that's going to be one of the big storylines. I mean, I think they're going to get to camp. And they're going to say, okay, we're going to put the best five guys on the ice. Um, you know, and with Jake Gensel not there to start camp in particular, um, that's going to mean both Latang and Carlson are going to be in the top unit. You know, I think we'll see a lot of tinkering, you know, in a lot of different ways, but particularly in the power play as they try to find the right combinations. Um, but I, I think they'll, they'll kind of give some, you know, deference to Latang, try to make it with him out there. I know Latang. Um, you know, I chatted with him in Montreal last month for something I was working on, and he said, you know, I don't care where you play me, um, let's just get in a room and figure it out. But, you know, we've seen in the past when they've gone with two defensemen on the power play, one of them being Justin Schultz, it, it didn't quite work right. But, um, you know, it's fair to say Carlson's a pretty significant upgrade over Justin Schultz. So we'll see how it works. Um, but, yeah, it's just interesting that the big, the big player they brought in plays the exact same position as, and all the same roles as Chris Letang. So, you know, by all accounts, you know, Chris is, is putting his ego aside and just wants to do what's best for the team. Um, but we'll see what happens if things aren't working and they, they need to talk about moving someone down to the second unit. Oh, what about Ryan Graves? Who, who do you see him fitting in best with? 
Yeah, I think I think one one way to do it would be to play him with Latang. Um, you know, I, I think we will see tinkering. I mean, it, it's pretty clear. I mean, you, you have two righties in Carlson and Latang that are offensive-minded players um, who are going to roam around, and you need a responsible defensive player next to him, and that's exactly who Ryan Graves is and Marcus Pedersen. I mean, I do think the Penguins are going to are again they're going to tinker to try to figure out who has the best chemistry together. I know last year Pedersen Latang played pretty well when they were together, and I also think it, it might make sense as far as Mike Solomon is concerned to instead of pairing up two new guys, maybe have one guy who's you know from the Penguins familiar with the system to play with a new guy. But you know this is going to be another thing to watch during training camp preseason to see how those top two pairs settle in. Going to take you outside the team to around the league. Give me one team that you think is going to surprise and uh, and make the playoffs who hasn't been in lately. Oh man, who hasn't been in lately? Yeah, I don't know if there's going to be a team like we saw last year with the Devils um, that just really climbed up to almost to the top of, of the division. I mean, LA's been in the playoffs. I could see them taking a jump. Um, Vancouver's kind of been floating around. I know Jim Rutherford has been tinkering out there, and you know that that division's wide open. I could see the Canucks coming together and getting in and going for a run. Um, you know, I don't know about anyone in the Metropolitan. I mean, I guess if you were going to pick a sleeper pick, it would be a Columbus, but they're a total mess right now with yeah. everything with Mike Babcock. Um, maybe Buffalo. I mean, I think maybe Buffalo would probably be the obvious one. I mean, I know they just fell short of the playoffs. They haven't had a lot of success, you know, really, in the last 20 years um, since Dominic Hasek left town. But, you know, they're an ascending team. They're a fun team. They have Paige Thompson, a bunch of young players who are, are probably ready to, to take a step forward. Um, you know, development with these teams, uh, you know, isn't always linear. That doesn't mean they're just going to take a, another jump forward because they did last year. But, you know, if there's a team that hasn't really had a lot of success that I could see getting into the playoffs and maybe even winning around, um, it would probably be the Sabres if they get their goaltending figured out. Yeah, um, we're jumping back on and off the ice. One thing I wanted to ask you that I actually found I actually found really refreshing was the Penguins making significant upgrades to PPG. Um, a lot of there's the new Casamigos club. There's also the new scoreboard. I don't know if you've had an opportunity to see that um, and what your thoughts are. But at least from my end, it, it shows a commitment to the fans that they're willing to make a lot of improvements to keep fan engagement at all time high. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. No, I think it makes sense. I mean, and. I mean, it's even starting changes that happened during the pandemic. Um, you know, they added the Rivers Casino. I think it's Rivers Casino, kind of the, the little gambling hub in there. And, you know, bringing kind of touchless food where you can order and have it delivered your seats and stuff like that. You know, I think the, the, the Jumbotron is a big one. I mean, selfishly for me, I'm like borderline blind, which some people would say if they've read my story, that they would tell me I was blind. But um, just being able to see the big scoreboard, I mean, going to all the arenas, you know, around the league, um, that's certainly something that stands out when, when teams have that big jumbotron. I mean, that's just, it seems obvious, but it, it's true. It's awesome for fans. Um, I'm going to be in the arena, I think, on Friday, so I look forward to just kind of getting the lay of the land and checking out the Casamigos Club. But, yeah, it's just more enhancements, and I, I know they're planning more stuff. And, you know, their, their sellout streak ended. I think some of that was a factor of just the fact that the, the team got a little stale, and I think maybe fans got complacent. But I do think – um, the fact that the uh, the pens are making these these upgrades, um, you know, they could get back to a sellout street. Other thing is the the traffic around the arena. Oh. They're still doing construction down there. I Terrible. think that's a factor too. The pens need to get that taken care of. Um, but you know that'll happen in due time. But yeah, I'm excited to see all the changes, and, and you know, I think fans will be too.
Well, and we're excited for the start of the season, which means we'll be reaching out again to you, Matt. We thank you so much for taking the time. Anytime. Talk to you guys soon. When we return, we'll take you through the week three slate across the NFL and update you on how we're, we've done so far. Stay with us on Under Review, sponsored by Lawn Smith Lawn and Landscaping. Here we go again, the same old story. You order the part online, it's wrong when it arrives, the car's torn apart, and then the fun begins. Trying to send it back. In the meantime, your wife is missing her hair appointment, the kids need to, well, you know the rest of the story, and you think you saved money. At Napa, we'll get it right the first time. Napa know-how is on your side with expert customer service and parts that meet or exceed manufacturer's standards. Napa, better here to serve you, our customers. Napa Auto Parts, Dubois, Brockway, Brookville, and Climber. Smith Timbering and Consultants are experts at tree management and are looking for an energetic, reliable individual to join their team. They currently have an excellent opportunity for a full-time forestry technician to buy, mark, and cruise standing timber. They offer competitive pay with bonus incentives, health incentives, health insurance, and company vehicle. Associate's degree or higher in forestry required. Please email your resume or questions to Wes at smithtimbering.com. That's Wes at smithtimbering.com. If you still get one, has your newspaper gotten thin? Is it even published every day? And what's happened since the ink dried? If you're like most people, you get your news on the radio, online, or on your phone. And there is local news there, if you get it from us. Tri-County Insider covers Jefferson, Clearfield, and Elk Counties. Every weekday, a quick read right there in your email. You can subscribe free at tricountyinsider.com. Keeping your eye on the ball is the key to playing sports well. Let Wise Eyes coach you into sturdy shatter and contact-resistant eyewear. Whether your child plays sports, you love extreme sports, or you work in hazardous construction zones, you need sharp vision while protecting your eyes. Dr. Lineski is a leader in clinical eye care and takes the time to explain your eye test results. Proud to support local sports programs, Wise Eyes has served our community for over 20 years. Commons Drive to Boys and at MyWiseEyes.com. It's time for this week's Connect FM Local Youth Sports Beat, sponsored by Wise Eyes at the Dubois Commons and Dr. Greg Lineski. Let's check the scoreboard of District 9 High School Football Week number 4 this past Friday and Saturday. Union AC Valley upended Brockway, put an end to their unbeaten streak. A 12-7 win for Union AC Valley Friday night. Dubois, a 25-6 winner over Bradford, while Brookville took care of Monotaw, 47-28. Clearfield Bison improving to 3-1 with a 26-7 win over Belfont. Kirkwinsville gained their first victory of the season, 55-13 over Southern Huntingdon. Punxsutawney fell to Central Clarion, 41-13. It was Ridgeway with a 26-14 win over Kane. Carn City uh, beat St. Mary's 30-7. And it was Elk County Catholic gaining their first victory of the season, 46-12 over Sheffield on Saturday. Here is the District 9 High School football schedule for this upcoming weekend. Port Allegheny will be playing at Brockway. In that game, the Brockway Rovers will be heard on affiliate station Sunny 106 Friday evening. Dubois plays at Brookville, both teams 2-2 two and two now. 
Huntingdon will be at Clearfield. Kerwinsville is hosting Claysburg Kimmel. The Punxsutawney Chucks will be playing St. Mary's at home. Ridgeway visits Red Bank Valley, and it will be Otto Eldred at Elk County Catholic. Now checking the District 9 High School Girls Volleyball Scoreboard. In Monday action, Brockway a 3-0 winner over Forest Area. Brookville shut down Union 3-0. Kerwinsville beat Williamsburg 3-1. Dubois over Marion Center 3-1. Punxsutawney with a 3-0 win over Carn City. And St. Mary's took Ridgeway in straight sets. Then on Tuesday, it was Punxsutawney 3-0 over Brookville. Brockway 3-2, a win over Johnsonburg. Dubois a winner 3-1 over Bradford. Sheffield had a straight sets win over Ridgeway and Belfont downed Clearfield 3-1. On the District 9 High School Boys Soccer scoreboard on Monday, Brockway needed overtime to beat Brookville 1-0. Dubois Central Catholic and Keltersport tied at 3 after two overtimes. And Dubois had a shutout win over Ridgeway 6-0. On Tuesday, it was Clarion Limestone, a 5-0 winner over Brookville. Holidaysburg beat Clearfield 3-1, and when was Elk County Catholic all over Punxsutawney, 13-0. In girls' soccer matches Monday, Brockway upended Brookville 3-0. Dubois shut out Ridgeway 10-0. St. Mary's with a 3-0 win over Port Allegheny. And in the girls' soccer matches on Tuesday, Clarion beat Brookville 6-2. It was Holidaysburg with a 2-1 win over Clearfield. And that's this week's Connect FM Local Youth Sports Beat, sponsored by Dr. Greg Lineski and Wise Eyes at the Dubois Commons. Now, let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. Uh, felt good to talk a little hockey there, guys. But uh, back to the NFL. You can't go wrong there either. And we've been doing our predictions. We are through two weeks. Dave, why don't you give us a little update on how we're doing? Well, so far, you and D are tied at 19 and 13. Uh, Herzing went 11 and 5 last week. Bob went 10 and 6. I'm a game back. I had an 11 and 5 week also, and I'm at 18 and 14. And we're also doing the Survivor, uh, you know, and everybody's still alive. You guys have burned Washington and Buffalo, and I've burned Baltimore and Dallas. So that's up to date. All right. Nobody's been voted off the island yet. We'll see how we do this week. So a busy week three, of course, and Thursday night kicks off with the Giants at the 49ers, Dave. Well, I took the Niners. I almost took the Niners as my lock, but I have a rule not to do that on Thursdays because you just, those games are messed up. You just don't know what you're going to get. But I don't know how you can pick against San Francisco the way they've looked. Yeah, that's a, that's an easy one. The Giants lost Saquon. He's out for a few weeks, which is good. There were there were thoughts at first it was going to be a high ankle sprain, but it's not, so that's a good thing. Um, yeah, the, the Niners' defense is just on another level right now, so I'm taking them. Is there any team playing better right now than the 49ers? Dallas, maybe. Da- maybe yes, Dallas. Dallas. So I'm going to go with the 49ers, too, and I agree with your take on Thursday night football, but I'm taking the lock oh, for, for San Francisco this right. week. All right, let's go to Sunday at 1 o'clock. We got Tennessee at Cleveland. We'll go with D for this one. Browns, are it's must-win time for the Browns. Um, I'm saying 
Cleveland. I actually think Cleveland's going to come out and, and play much better. They got Kareem Hunt signed. So, oh, did they? I didn't yeah. even see that. That yeah, must have so, been today. Yeah, so okay. th- I, I think they'll actually come out and, and play much better than what they did against Pittsburgh. Oh, me? Go ahead. Um, yeah, I took Cleveland. I, I Like you, I, I, I'm not a big believer in Cleveland, but I'm also not a big believer in what Tennessee's doing. And that defense looked really good. We're going to find out, I guess. I mean, you know, Cincinnati, they looked really good. Pittsburgh, they looked really good. If they do it again, it's like, wow, Cleveland has a good defense. So I'm going with the upset here. I'm taking Tennessee on the road at Cleveland because Cleveland just looks so bad, guys. And I know Tennessee doesn't look like world beaters either, but I like Mike Vrabel. Let's go with Atlanta at Detroit, and I'll take this one to start. You know, I'm a closet Detroit Lions fan. I'm going with them, even though both teams look pretty good to start the season. I like Atlanta. They're 2-0. I love B. John Robinson, but uh, I think the Lions bounce back after a disappointment in overtime this week. Yeah, that was a tough one, um, but, you know, it's the NFL. Anything can happen. I'm, I, I, I like Detroit at home, and I'm taking them. Yeah, I like Detroit at home, too, at bounce back. I mean, that, that game could have gone either way. I, I I think they're playing really good football, so I think Detroit wins it. All right, nobody was probably happier than Lenny last week. Uh, <laughs> Not the, at all. He was, he was thrilled. The Saints at Green Bay. We're going back to Dave for oh, this Oh, this one. is one of the toughest ones on the board because I don't feel like I know enough about either of these teams. There's so much change on both rosters. They both had moments where they've looked really good, and they both had moments where it's like, eh, I don't know. And in the end, I just trust Derek Carr a little bit more right now. So I'm taking New Orleans, but that, you know, <laughs> I have to take a team. But if, if Green Bay wins, I'm certainly not going to be shocked. Yeah, I'm just taking the Saints simply. I mean, they're playing decent football at an opportunity. To just They were on the red zone a couple of times. They look they look pretty good. I mean, so uh, Green Bay doesn't – it's not a team that strikes any sort of fear into me when you watch them. Uh, Jordan Love doesn't look like he's ready yet. So, yeah, we'll see. Well, I went with the Packers at home and at Lambeau, and I, and I do like the way the Saints look. They didn't, they weren't dominant dominant against Carolina, but they have a pretty well balanced team. But I just have a feeling at home, Green Bay takes care of this. Denver at Miami, D. Miami. I actually think this is my lock of the week. Um, I think Denver's a mess right now. Um, Miami's playing incredible football. Tua looks he could he's in the MVP conversation. So, so just to be clear, that is your lock of the week because yes. you said it could be. So no, okay. no, that's that'll be my lock of the week. Okay, yes. yeah. All right, I'm going with Miami at home too. Even though I kind of have a feeling about this one, I'm a little leery on this one. I I, I think Denver could surprise here. Uh, Russell Wilson's look good, and uh, you know they're zero and two, so maybe they can pull one out. I mean, in, he's, in looked, Southern Florida. he's looked better, but Denver as a team has not looked no. particularly good at all. And w- the way Miami's been putting up points at home, I'm I'm going with Miami. Man, Hill's well. fun to watch. Oh, too. yeah. Holy they got a great – cow. He's what, unreal. What a duo. Uh, but I did take Miami just for the record there. Okay. okay so that, all of us did, yep. Chargers at Vikings, 1 o'clock game. Is that, that's back to me, I think. Um, I'm going to take the Chargers on the road here, even though there's no team that, well, I'd say these two teams are great at blowing opportunities. Uh, you know, if the Chargers lose this game, could Staley be the first coach fired? I mean, they have a great roster. They just can't get it done. You know, and, and I always think of them, the San Diego Chargers, right? I, I'm not used to this LA thing, but you know, the San Diego Padres in the same boat, all this talent and they're a losing team. I think of the Chargers in the same boat. There's no reason they should be like this. But I look at Minnesota and I'm like, man, you know, Cousins has probably, you know, we said he might be the best quarterback in the NFC. And so far, he he's kind of looked really good at home. 
I took Minnesota, but this one's just as tough for me as the New Orleans Green Bay game, but I, I took the Minnesota at home. They're a home dog, which is kind of weird, but yeah. Yeah, I'm taking Minnesota. Um, I think the Chargers are going to go 0-3. They, I, I, it's funny, that's one of those teams. I, I don't like San Diego sports teams, and I <laughs> I just have this resentment for that fan base because I spent so much time out there, and they I've said it, they're the most bandwagon fans you've ever seen in your entire life. L.A. So or hope, San Diego? Well, well, yeah, now L.A., but I hope, I hope Minnesota puts up 40 on them. Okay. Well, my father-in-law would be really happy if that happened. Sorry, Mike, for picking against them. Uh, the Patriots against the Jets, a division game at 1 o'clock. Who was next? I can't remember. I think it's me. Um, and I'm look, you know, here's New England, and everybody I saw a bunch of memes about ooh, how smart Bill Belichick is. Look at these draft picks he moved around. They're 0 and 2. You know, that's the bottom line. Their quarterback is very mediocre. I think that I, I think that's kind of a miss. He's certainly not going to be the next Brady or anything. Um, but they're not the Jets. The Jets have major problems, and I, you know we haven't been on since that injury, I don't think. And you guys are all about, you know, Aaron Rodgers. And I said, ah, not so fast, my friend. And, well, you can't predict that. Well, <laughs> he was old. I, you know, whether it's decline or injury, I didn't want any part of well, him. Who's and, favored in this game? Uh, New favored? England by two and a half. Okay. And I'm taking to TLDR. I'm taking New England. I think they're a better team than the Jets right now. Hmm. I'm actually only picking New England because I just can't see a Bill Belichick coach team going 0-3. I, I, I just He's too good of a coach. Even with Mac Jones at the helm, I, I think New England wins it. Well, that's a terrible roster, that Patriots roster. Oh, it's ugly. I'm going with the Jets Ooh. at home. They have a great defense, and I think somehow Wilson finds a way to get, get at least one more score than the Patriots. You know, last week you and I had every game the same except one, and this week we're different on almost oh, everything and You so guys far. are the same, so yeah, I could, I could be way ahead or way behind by the end <laughs> of this week. We got the Bills at the Commanders. Um, this Actually, I think this is going to be a really interesting game. Is Washington as good as they're playing? Is Buffalo as good as they were beating down the Raiders? I think it's a really fun game to watch Buffalo's offense versus the commander's defense. Um, I'm actually picking Washington an upset in this Ooh. one. I'm going to take the Bills, <laughs> which means Dave's going to take the commanders. Uh, no, I just I have more faith in the Bills than I do the commanders. We'll see. If they if they prove me wrong, so be it. But uh, for now, I'm going with the, uh, with the Bills. Yeah, this is, I think, Washington's come back to earth week a little bit. Um, you know, I do believe in Buffalo's roster. I like Washington's a good story, but I'm taking Buffalo. All right, we got Houston at Jacksonville. Jacksonville really laid an egg last week against Kansas City. I think they bounce back this week and take care of business. I'm taking Jacksonville. Jacksonville, I, I'm taking them in a romp. I think Houston is horrid, and Jacksonville is, is you know, like like you said, not, if they were going to overlook them before, they're not going to now, and they are my lock of the week. Yeah, this is this was the easiest of the games this week. Jacksonville is going to win this game. All right, we got Indianapolis at Baltimore. Well, I mean, I already used Baltimore. They were you right. Know, maybe I'd have had them as my lock of the week, but I, I don't like Indianapolis's Ross. I their quarterback Richardson's played better than I thought he would, but I think didn't they check him for a yeah, concussion? Yeah, he was in so concussion he, protocol last year. Yeah, who knows yeah. where he's at? Um, it's early in the season, so uh, Lamar Jackson isn't too beat up yet. So they're still they're still scary. So I'm taking Baltimore. Yeah, the way the way Jackson's been playing, Baltimore, whatever Harbaugh is doing there, I mean, it doesn't matter what happens on that team. He just it's like a plug and play type of roster. Baltimore right now looks as good as any team aside from the, the, they're, they're what Pittsburgh wants to. Yes, be. that's that's a much better way of saying it. I say Baltimore wins this one by I maybe two scores. All right, I'm going with Baltimore too, even though Indianapolis looks better than I thought they would. 
Carolina at Seattle. That's an interesting game. I'm picking this one for Lonnie. Uh, Hawks by 50, Lonnie. Hawks by 50. (laughs) All right. I'm going to say the Seahawks, too. That's a tough place to play. Well, and they've looked good. I I, I was really down on them coming into the year. But, you know, their wide receiver core is legit. So, yeah, all three of us are on Seattle. Chicago at Kansas City. And uh, I was close to picking Kansas City as my lock. But their offense hasn't looked good. I think they will get back on track this week, Kansas City. And it might not even be close. Well, they are favored by 12 and a half, and I gave serious thought to them as my lock. Wow. But, I didn't know that was the spread. That's well, crazy. I, I'll tell you what, I would. I, I don't bet spreads anymore, but I, man, I would think, seriously think about Chicago plus 12 and a half. That's a lot of points. But um, I did take Kansas City. I don't know how you can straight up take Chicago in this game. I think that's the biggest spread of the season so far. I think so. Well, I mean, I haven't seen any. That's, that's You're crazy, usually well. the spread guy. I know. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I, but wait, the next game. Uh oh. Well, we'll get there. Yeah, well, but so we're all taking Kansas City. Yeah, yes. I mean, and, and Fields is criticizing his teammates. He's criticizing his offensive coordinator. He listen. He's got, that kid is as talented as any. He's got the ability. He's got to get out of Chicago. So the next game, Bob, Dallas, Arizona. The line is. 12 and a half. Oh, so they're tied. All right. <laughs> well, definitely Dallas in this one, guys. In Arizona, I thought might go 0 and, 0 and, 6, 0 and 17 this year. but It's but, hard uh, to do. Yeah, yeah. They they need to, though. They need to tank. Well, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's much to say. Dallas looks great. Arizona looks terrible. Yeah, absolutely. The way the Cowboys defense is playing, it's right now them and the 49ers, it's just really crazy to watch them play. So, yeah, there's no way Arizona wins this game. Well, I've been waiting all night for Sunday night, Pittsburgh at Las Vegas. Oh, I'm going to stairway, baby. Stairway. What are they favored by? A two, like two? One and a half. One and a half. Well, right. who's favored? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. The Steelers really? are favored. Wow. Yeah. On the road. I went with Pittsburgh, too, even though I originally said Las Vegas when we did our original <laughs> predictions. I spent, you know, and I normally don't spend time preparing. I spent 10 minutes because I said Vegas was going to win this game. And I went back and forth, and I said, you know what? I, wa- I looked at Vegas' stats. They haven't run the ball at all. And if you can't run the ball against Pittsburgh, they, you're not, they're going to get eaten up, and their defense hasn't looked good. This is the kind of game Pittsburgh always loses, but I'm, uh, I'm well, back on the bandwagon, baby, Pittsburgh. If they were 2-0, and I would have said they would have yeah, lost that, this game. True. You're going to see a lot of black true. and gold jerseys on that red eye 100%. coming back on Southwest. So. so all three of us are on Pittsburgh. All right, then Monday we got a doubleheader again. Philadelphia at Tampa Bay. I'm going with the Eagles in this one. And, um, you know, I, I like, I like Jalen Hurts. I like the Eagles. It's hard not to go with Philly. I mean, you know. And they haven't played their best. No. And there's there's still room to grow. And I just, you know, is Baker Mayfield really going to, you know, sooner or later he's going to have a Baker Mayfield game. And I think it's going to be Monday and, you know, one of these three interceptions. So, yeah, Philly for me. Yeah, the Eagles as well, but it but it is co- kind of cool to see Baker playing well down there when no one gave him a shot. He's he's been playing pretty good football. I'd rather have him than Deshaun Watson, I think. Oh, yes. definitely. Yes. All right, Dave, finish us up here. The Rams at Cincinnati. You know, this is tricky because the Rams have been feistier than I think a lot of people thought they would be, and Cincinnati has really not looked good at all. And and um, Burrow tweaked his calf again. Yep. He talked about that. I don't know, but you know, I, against the, the spread, six and a half. Since he's favored, I against the spread, I would probably take the Rams, but I took Cincinnati at home. Yeah, I'm, I there. I love Burrow, even though I'm a stairway fan. I mean, I love this. Burrow's unbelievable, um, and there's no way he's not. He's injured. 
plain and simple. If, if he gets back on track, watch out AFC. Yep. Yeah, I got to go with the Bengals in this one too, guys. I just can't see them starting the season 0-3. No way. No way. All we, right. We, we picked the same on the last eight games. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it's just those few games there. The early we'll games are going to decide this. <laughs> All right. Well, you heard that there from the three experts in the studio, guys. Go out and bet those last eight games there. The other way. <laughs> One parlay. Yeah, there you hey, go. And, let's, and also, guys, if you're listening, let's see, let's see some comments on, you know, on Facebook or Twitter. We'd love to hear your feedback. All right. Well, I think we're going to talk about Penn State next segment. You guys want to talk yes. Penn State. White out, baby. We are. White, Penn State. Uh, White out, baby. All right. Well, we'll be right back. Stay with us as we continue Under Review, sponsored by Smith Lawn and Landscaping. I'm Dan Kennard with Tri-County Insider News. Your price at the gas pump is going back up in the Tri-County area. The average gasoline price has climbed nearly six cents per gallon in the last week across Pennsylvania, according to the Gas Buddy survey. The statewide average price per gallon is now $3.90, and that is also six cents higher than it was a year ago. According to the latest AAA Essential Gas Price Report, the average price per gallon you are paying in the Brookville area is $3.91, and it is $3.92 at Dubois area gas stations. Dubois Chamber of Commerce members will have a chance to meet the new executive director and board members of the Dubois Area United Way at a chamber midday mixer on Thursday at the Dubois Country Club. Everyone is invited to stop in between 11.30 a.m. and 1.30 p.m. on Thursday to participate in the latest Dubois Chamber midday mixer. Smith Timbering and Consultants are experts at tree management and are looking for an energetic, reliable individual to join their team. They currently have an excellent opportunity for a full-time forestry technician to buy, mark, and cruise standing timber. They offer competitive pay with bonus incentives, health incentives, health insurance, and company vehicle. Associate's degree or higher in forestry required. Please email your resume or questions to Wes at smithtimbering.com. That's Wes at smithtimbering.com. Now, let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. We are back talking sports with you, and we're going to shift gears to the college realm. So, guys, I'm going to step out of the studio. I'll be back in five minutes. <laughs> Let me tee you up here. We're going to talk a little Penn State football. What's, uh, what's on your mind, guys? Well, the big game this week, it's you know, Iowa coming to town. Uh, they're ranked 24th, Penn State 7th. Um, probably the biggest game on the schedule, other than the two Ohio State-Michigan games that everybody talks about. So, um, yeah, D, I think this is a big test. Iowa, for whatever reason, seems to always give Penn State fits. Always. Always. So you know this game's probably going to end up being closer than it should be. But... I think I still think Penn State's going to come through because that defense is the real deal. Yeah, they're favored by two scores. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot built into this game from Ferenc last year, saying he thought he smelled a rat when he said Penn State players were faking injuries. Iowa fans, you know, booing Penn State players for going down. There's this has become a weird, quiet rivalry, and I always call them the Iowa Steelers because their uniforms are exactly <laughs> the same as the Steelers. Uh, Penn State's ten and eight in their whiteout games. The stats a little misleading though. I mean, they ha those have been huge games. Huge Penn games. State was down. They were they were typically against the Ohio State's, Michigan's of the world, but they're on a three game win streak. Uh, they beat Michigan, uh, Auburn, and then Minnesota last year. So I'm looking for you know four games in a row. Um, as an aside, if you've never been to the whiteout, whoever's listening, 
it's one of those things. They are not overselling it. It's I've been to a lot of college football stadiums, and I know you guys have as well. It's as good as an atmosphere as you'll see in anything in sports. That's it what is, I hear. I've never been to a game. Oh, it's, oh it's, you should you yeah. should take Heath. He well, they're going. It's extraordinary. <laughs> Go, I'm they're telling with you, their, with Chima. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. in in October, well, October fourteenth, I think they're definitely. Yeah, the whiteout is yeah. the whiteout is second to none as it relates to any sort of atmosphere. I mean, the the noise level in there, the 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 enthusiasm, the build up to the game that day. It really is a fun atmosphere. So, well, Beaver Stadium is third biggest stadium in the world, I think. At least uh, in college football. Yeah. yeah, it's it's the it's the second largest in college football uh, behind the Big House, and then I think it might be the fourth largest. There's okay. some soccer stadium somewhere, but yeah, it's that place rocks. When I mean, when if, when Penn State gets their first score in a whiteout game, that place moves. It shakes. It's well, it's I, really something. I've been in the upper deck when it shakes, and I'll tell you what, that's a little distant. <laughs> I was there when it first opened, the, yeah. literally the first game, and it started shaking, and I'm like. Hope they designed it right. Yeah, it's, but, it's pretty crazy. But uh, yeah, and back to this game a little bit. I you know last week Drew Aller had his first real I think um, uh, yeah, he had to overcome some some challenges. Yes. and I'll be interested to see how he bounces back. He really wasn't that great last week. He was okay. Yeah, he didn't turn the ball over. But you know he, he now he's got to fight through that adversity. I was always tough. I'll be very interested to see if he continues to, to take care of the football. And if he does have it, sooner or later he's going to throw an interception. He hasn't thrown one yet yep. in his whole career. How does he how does he respond to that? How does the team respond to that? And can they get that running game going? I think they're going to have to do that. That was the disappointment against Illinois. They they really didn't until no, the fourth quarter. No, not at all. That and game was a weird game. Penn State, obviously, game. the scoreboard looked a little lopsided, but but, but Illinois was never really it, out of that game. They, were they just kept turning the ball over. Well, yeah, their quarterback play was really bad. Yeah. Well, um, now, Penn State caught a little bit of a, a break here. Iowa was really injured on the offensive side of the ball, so that's really going to help Penn State. Um, and again, to your point, Dave, they're going to run the ball. They haven't really been able to establish any sort of dominant running game. They they were looking at the start of the year from what Franklin had said to, to almost mimic what Michigan was doing and just run it down your throat. And then obviously they'd have Aller over the top when they needed to. They weren't going to rely heavily on the passing game because they had some unproven receivers. I really think this game is going to come down to the trenches and Penn State will win. And I, I, I they'll probably win by 17. They're a better team right now than most teams in college football and i know i'm a penn state homer but this is as good of a roster as they've had in a, in a very long time, long time. And i we talked to ben jones about that too and he yeah. agreed well and and if they win this they're going to beat a six and oh when they go to ohio state because yes. next the week after is northwestern they're an absolute mess and then umass comes to town yeah, and i mean they'll that's be favored just, by 30 that's just a practice and, so yeah. so yeah i mean things are looking good but it, you know got to get through this one and then it's got to look ahead a little bit to ohio state uh, real quick, because uh, we're almost out of time. What's up with Alabama? I see they've been struggling. They, right? they have quarterback problems. Yes. I mean, he he switched quarterbacks. The backup quarterback was horrible. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen an Alabama quarterback play that bad in forever. Really bad. Uh, one thing I like about Saban, though, Saban will pull the trigger yeah, he didn't and waste he just will yank people out. So that just that shows you his you know how they're developing quarterbacks down there. I mean, think about the quarterbacks that have come from Alabama. Look at Tua, Jalen Hurts. I mean. He, there's good quarterback, but years ago in Alabama, they weren't known for quarterbacks, and now they are. Uh, I tell you who's no, going to be known for quarterbacks is Deion Sanders. Yeah. I mean, his son is legit. They're going to have a real test against Oregon. I, I yeah, don't they're going to lose to Oregon. Yeah, I don't think they're going to win that game, but – but Dion's going to win the, the recruiting war. Well, and, that's and, what's gonna, he's going to be able to. And do. I know we're out of time, but and I want to talk about this more in the future. But what he did with the portal and basically turned that entire roster over, other teams are going to look at that. And yes, it's worked for him so far. And kudos to him. We'll get into that more. But 
I think this is a Pandora's box. You don't really want to be doing this. And I, and, and I think you've got to put something in to protect some of these players who got washed out on this. But we don't have time to get into that. But we're going to come back to that thought, Bob. Well, and one thing about Deion Sanders, he has a way of making the story about Deion. Well, yes, always. he does. And, right. and you know, but it's, it's not bragging if you can back it up. And he always has been able to do that. Well, we will get uh, lost here when we return. Stay with us as we continue under review, sponsored by Smith Lawn and Landscaping. Okay, class, here's your assignment. Write a radio commercial for Sunny 106's Think Don't Drink contest. Attention, middle and high school students in Clearfield, Jefferson, and Elk Counties. Here's your chance to write a radio commercial about the dangers of underage drinking. The winners will record the commercials to air on Sunny 106 and Connect FM. Go to sunny106.fm for writing tips and rules. Oh, and you can win an iPad, AirPods, or Sheets card. Think, don't drink. From Sunny 106 and Connect FM. This program is made possible through a grant funded by the Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board. The opinions and statements expressed in this advertisement do not necessarily represent the views of the Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board. Honey, I'm home. How'd shopping go? Great. Look at this handcrafted jewelry and designs by Flying L Beadworks. But... This book from Claire Kreiner, a local author, and these cool, high-quality vinyl stickers that are dishwasher safe. But... They're great for water bottles. Honey! What? Did you go to Dubois Feeds? Where do you think I got all this cool stuff? Oh, the pet food and birdseed is in the trunk. Dubois Feeds, home of From Pet Food and so much more. With curbside and drive through at West Dubois Avenue. For 26 years, Dubois Feeds. Shop local Hi, I'm Jenny, the manager over at your Big Deals online store. Did you know that when you shop locally, 83 cents of that dollar stays in town? Local businesses are the lifeblood of our community, and that's why you should shop your Big Deals online store. Dozens of gift certificates to local businesses, all in one convenient place. Shop local from the convenience of your home or smartphone. Visit DuboisBigDeals.com. What's your call? This is Under Review on Connect FM. You can call Bob, Dave, and Dave at 814-372-1420. Join the chat on their Facebook page by searching Under Review Sports. All right, guys, it's time for my favorite segment, hashtag get lost. So we got some quick get lost. We got a shout out, though, to one of our loyal listeners. Turkey Tom Calgren says, hashtag get lost to spit. Yes, spit football on its fans. It's a yellow out most Saturdays at their home stadium because no one shows up to watch Coach Narluzzi get beat by an inferior opponent every September. Turkey, you're spot on. Hashtag get lost to pit. No, oh, I, I I couldn't agree more. I got I got three tonight. I'm big on the hashtag get lost. Hashtag for announcers not criticizing quarterbacks on NFL games. That that pit, that Pittsburgh game, the quarterback play was terrible, and they're afraid to criticize them. Come on, get lost to that. Hash while we're talking about that hashtag get lost to the split screen Monday night football thing. I don't mind them playing two games, but that's two channels. If I want to watch the other one, I'll watch it. <laughs> and finally, hashtag get lost to Mike Babcock and all these dinosaur coaches who just get recycled over and over again. Let's get some new blood in there hashtag get lost to the season ending injuries guys oh. aaron Rodgers, jk dobbins nick chubb all out for the season 
get lost to Dave Glass boohooing the Aaron Rodgers injury <laughs> and, and saying that he could prophesy that back in April. So that's at you, Dave. <laughs> nice. <laughs> And, and also, uh, again, just for feedback, guys, if you have a hashtag get lost or any any uh, questions or comments, reach out to us on Facebook or Twitter. We love we love your feedback. We love interacting with all you guys who are listening. So thanks. Yeah, and don't forget to download our podcast at connectradio.fm. It's available always on the next day. Find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at underreviewfm. Until next time, for Dave and D, I'm Bob Anderson. Thanks for listening. Touche, Bob. <laughs>